0: Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Dr. Jim. A
1: number of years ago, I did a consulting project at a large mine in Canada's high Arctic, north of the 60th parallel. The project was to interview miners and ask questions to assess their views on productivity, morale, and job satisfaction. For men listening today in other countries, let me give you a little background. People who go to northern Canada to work in a mine are usually attracted to go north to get away and make money. The weather is, in my mind, terrible. It is freezing cold in the winter, and in summer the air is filled with mosquitoes, virtually all summer. I discovered over the many months I went in and out to do my interviews that there are different seasons of mosquitoes, early spring mosquitoes, summer mosquitoes, and late summer mosquitoes, but they all buzz and bite and are a nuisance. Because of the geographical isolation, cold, and working conditions, most men and their families are given a special tax incentive called a Northern Living Allowance. Translated, that means they are given a tax benefit for agreeing to live in the North. In most cases, the mining company would provide housing for their workers, plus additional benefits such as free flights out for vacations and medical benefits, plus their salaries were usually higher almost double than comparable salaries in the southern parts of the country. But after interviewing over 100 workers from the man with the most physically challenging job to the superintendent of the mine, one thing became clear. There was little gratitude. Many men expressed their dissatisfaction with the way things were run. Workers compared what they had to what someone else had, and I heard comments like, He does the same job as me, yet he got a newer house. I've been here longer than anyone on my street, yet my house has not been repainted. Most of the discontent was initiated by comparing what someone else had to what they didn't have, rather than comparing what they had to the rest of the world. Paul Timothy received instructions about true wealth in a letter he received from the Apostle Paul. Read that for our listeners.
0: Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped. By many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, craving money, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future, so that they may experience true life.
1: Generous to those in need. That was the phrase that caught my attention when I was working with men earning double my salary. There was little gratitude and even less generosity. The word gratitude, I would say, seven of the nine letters in the world almost spell attitude. So we could say that gratitude is 77% attitude. An attitude of gratitude can make us more generous to focus on the needs of others rather than things we want, even when many times we do not even need them. There are many verses given to us in Scripture on the theme of generosity. Back in Exodus, Moses was told by God to take an offering and let those with a generous heart present their gifts to the Lord of gold, silver, and bronze. Over and over in the book of Deuteronomy, God commanded his people to be generous and lend to whoever had a need, and especially to give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord will bless you in everything you do. Psalm 112 says, Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Scripture tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus of Nazareth, so that whoever believes on him will never perish, but have eternal life.
0: Let's take a break here, Jim, and remind our listeners this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. For a copy of today's script, contact Dr. Jim at men alive unto God at gmail.com or go to our website, goteachglobal.com. Jim, what motivates generosity?
1: Generosity is motivated by love that sees a need and responds by giving to meet that need. One of the most generous men I know was fortunate to become wealthy by wise investments at an early age. So what did he do? He retired from active work and gave 17 years of his time to help administrate a Christian ministry as their financial officer. But In 17 years, he paid all his personal travel expenses, gas, and meals, shrewdly saved the ministry many, many dollars in his decisions, and he never took a personal salary. That is what I call a generous giver. Proverbs 11.25 makes a promise that the generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Another Christian brother I know was reading a newspaper one night way back in 1948. He saw pictures of homes that had been caught in a flood. As he looked at the picture of water halfway up each door in the house, he thought to himself, those people are going to need new doors when the water goes down. So he went out to his shop, put up some frames and began making doors. He took the doors to the families when the water subsided and gave them new doors to rebuild their homes free. No charge. He just wanted to help. Soon he was getting requests from other people for doors, and the insurance companies asked him to make more doors for them, so he and his brothers formed a company and began making doors. His spirit of generosity continued until his passing when he was in his 90s, his door plant today is making hundreds of thousands of specialty doors. But true to his generous spirit over the years, he never took a salary. Instead, he donated the equivalent amount of what would have been his salary to a Christian retreat center to provide a place for church groups to meet in a clean, park-like setting of lakes and
0: gardens. It reminds me of Isaiah thirty-two eight, where the prophet says, Generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. The Apostle Paul had an interesting teaching about
1: generosity. He told the Christians in Rome that Jews and Gentiles are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Our salvation was a gift initiated by God himself, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no man may boast. God gave us the grace and the faith to accept his gift of eternal life. So no one can say, I deserved it, or I bought it, or I worked hard to get it. It is a gift. God's Holy Spirit then gives the spiritual gift of giving to some people to give generously. Paul, do we have time for a quick story about my friend Mike? Go for it. Okay, Mike was out shopping on his lunch break. As he walked past the mall door, he spotted an elderly lady sitting on a bench just inside the door. As only Mike could describe her, he said, she looked like she was watching the world walk by, but not really connected to it. Mike walked into a shop, but a little voice inside said, why don't you do something to bless that lady and make her feel better? What can I do, thinks Mike. I don't know the lady, and besides, I'm on my lunch break. The thought continues, why not buy her a flower? I don't even know if there's a flower shop in this mall, Mike argues with himself. Mike asks the clerk in the store, and sure enough, there is a flower shop nearby at the other end of the mall. Forget it, Mike thinks to himself, and he heads for the door. He sees the old lady again and says, okay, Lord, let's do it. Off he goes to the florist at the far end of the mall and picks out a long stem pink rose. While the clerk is wrapping it, she asks Mike, What's the special occasion? Half-sheepishly, Mike tells her about the old lady and how he just wants to help her feel like someone cares. That's great, exclaims the clerk. You made me feel better just knowing there are generous people like you who do spontaneous things like that. Thanks. Mike smiles, takes the rose, and starts to leave the shop. He looks back at the clerk and says, I sure hope she's still there when I get to the door. As Mike approaches the door, his greatest fear comes to pass. The bench is empty. The woman is gone. Mike walks towards the door with his pink rose and a sinking feeling in his spirit. She is nowhere in sight. Just as he gets to the entrance, the mall door opens and who walks in? Mike's mother. Hi, Mommy, says with a big grin. He gives her a hug and hands her a long stem pink rose. You made my day. Mike is one friend guided by the Holy Spirit and at the same time, a generous
0: man. Thanks, Jim, for the reminder to have a generous spirit. For a printed copy or a PDF of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, contact Dr. Jim by sending your email to God at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of GoTeach Global. We invite you to check out our website at go.teach.global.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conform to the image of Jesus Christ.